Welcome to the Writing to Get Business podcast, where you'll get tips to expand your writing skills. Every week, you'll hear tips and strategies to support your writing. Pat Iyer is your show hostess, a ghostwriter, editor, and author who has written 48 books. Sit back, relax, and listen. Here's your hostess, Pat Iyer. Hi, this is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business, and today we're going to be talking about a business book that was written by Mylise Gadamel. She is a person who's sitting right now in New Zealand, making this an international podcast. Welcome to the show, Mylise. Thank you so much, Pat. I'm really happy to be here with you today. It's great to see you. Thank you. I met Mylise at a joint venture conference that took place on a marathon weekend from my time 12 in the afternoon until nine at night. And when I found out that she had written a book, I thought she would be perfect to bring on the show. First of all, tell our listener what that book is about. Yeah, thank you, Pat. Um, The book is called Be the Best Boss. And in fact, it's really um, the reason why I wrote this book is because I felt that not everybody can be self-employed. There's a big um, trend to push people to be self-employed, but I think people will still be working for companies. We will always need teams. And um, I've seen so much suffering at work. I've worked in companies where I've seen people suffering at work. And the idea was to write a book uh, to uh, help people be the boss they would have loved to to have, like to be to really be the best at um, leading people and uh, making sure that everybody en- enjoys their work. So the idea is really to be a great boss. And do you have that book with you? Yeah, sure. I have the. It's be the best boss. Be the best boss. Okay, perfect. Yeah. In fact, the idea is that there are so many books, and can you see it's not very thick, because I wanted it to be a short read, a fast read, because there are so many books. I have tons of books. I've read all. I've read them all about leadership skills, management, and each time you have the advice of one charismatic people, so they explain what works for them, what worked for them. My job for the last 25 years has been to uh, help people be the best, but using very like five points to be a great boss. There are like five points to respect and uh, to follow. And uh, that's enough. In fact, anybody can become someone who leads a team and who's very good at it. Tell our listener, where did you come up with the idea for the book? How did that fit within your business structure? Yeah, that's a very good question. In fact, the, there are, the, because I've seen all these books about leadership and I've been training um, executives and managers in companies, B2B or small business owners, um, I wanted to put the essentials in a book, like everything, like the five points you you don't want to miss because there's so much said today about mindset. So everybody talks about mindset. Of course, mindset is very important, but then you have to know how to handle the situation. And when there's a lot of stress, like a conflictual, whether it's conflict or tensions, you want 
to have help because then you will you might not have the right mindset not everybody can have the right mindset all the time so to know how to handle difficult situations i think i i needed to write it down because i haven't seen it in a book like all together in a very condensed way what's important to be a great boss this book must have flowed from some work you were doing are you a consultant? Were you an employee? What was your role at the time that you decided to write the book? Actually, I worked, I started my career financial analyst for Texas Instruments. And because they explained, they told me that all the big buses had started that way, but that wasn't my field at all. And then I was um, very passionate about quality of service, improving quality of service. And I worked for a leading company in Europe, which was which specialized in quality, in implementing quality of service in any type of companies, like any time, uh, like big companies, smaller ones. And what appeared, what uh, was obvious to me is that when you implement this kind of program, then how do you make sure it lasts in time? And so I was taking uh, from my own time, from my personal time and going back to the companies like six months later and asking people how all the things went and they were saying that you're the only one doing that because usually we don't see consultants afterwards. So then I had a very intensive training of about how you help people to change because it's not like change, change is difficult. Changing, uh, transformation is difficult because we have our convictions, our beliefs, our certitudes, and how do you change that? It's not easy. Explaining is not enough. So then I had, I, I created my company a long time ago, and it was like happy employees for happy customers. You, we want to work and make sure people are happy because then they will want to, to be nice to the clients. Uh, for instance, it happened to me that um, a leader in a company he was letting um, the team wait outside. It was freezing outside and he was letting them uh, freeze outside because it wasn't his role to open the door of the store. So I just had to talk to him face to face and say, well, they don't feel like smiling to the client. They just feel like killing you. And so I had to work with this manager so that he accepted to challenge his beliefs and change. And we had great results because 18 months later, when I went back to the store, there was a team about 30 people. They told me it was a pleasure to work with him. So that's what I've been doing for the last 25 years, helping people. I do audit, social audits in company. I help people uh, in the healthcare industry. I've done projects to improve quality of service and it always go through having people work together, understand, because as soon as we put two people together in a room, there will be tensions, not everybody agree. So how do you, how do we communicate with someone we disagree with and it has to be constructive? We, we don't want to fight all the time. So that's uh, the whole story about the book is I've been doing this consulting, coaching, training job. My mission is, my mission is to eliminate suffering at work. You've been doing coaching and training and consulting. And a question that comes up when I work with authors is how much of my experiences do I put in a book? Do I include stories about clients who I've worked with? 
Do I disguise the details? Are there going to be any repercussions if my clients recognize themselves in the book? Did you sort through any of that type of question as you were writing the book? Yes, these are very important points. In fact, I've worked for a while for Arthur Anderson and the uh, confidentiality is like a second nature for me. So sometimes I don't even mention what I do for my clients. It's always... I put the pressure on myself saying that, thinking that everything is confidential. So I would never put in a book things that, we, that could be recognized. So I could change a few details and, because I don't want even my clients to see what I've written about them. So if it's a lady, I will say it's a man, I can change a few details, but I will never mention the name of a company. And so that's, that's very important because we want to, we want the stories because they're example that it works. Um, for instance, I had, I had three days with people, um, hotel owners and camping that was in a, to improve quality of service in an area in South of France near Cannes. And this lady, she asked me if she should stay the afternoon. She started the first morning and she, did, she wasn't feeling well. So I say, well, it's up to you. You're welcome to stay. But you, if you feel like not staying, you can just go. And she finally stayed for the three days. And there were 18 people attending. And some of them hadn't talked to each other for 10 years because of like stories like there are everywhere. And uh, after the three days, her husband came to me. He, was, he wasn't in the training. He came to me and said, what did you do? She has been in a ther therapy for three years. And after three days, she's like enthusiastic and she, she's ready to go and she's totally changed. You say, what did you do? So I think these kind of stories make people want to know more. What do you do to achieve these kind of results? So stories are important, yes. Mm -hmm. I think we should be calling you Dr. Gadamo instead of Mylise. <laughs> Give you an honorary doctorate or an honorary psychology degree. Yeah, thank you. But it's true that sometimes I feel I've learned so much because I've studied so much on my own. Besides the MBA, I got an MBA from University of Dallas and I was really interested in work relationships. It's always been something very important to me because I don't, I cannot imagine, imagine people suffering at work. Like we don't go to work to suffer. I mean, that, that sounds so crazy for me. So if people don't know how to do it, I'm ready to help them. But what we do is kind of the contrary of opposite way of a psychology because psychology, they will try to understand and it's very self-centered. Whereas I give clues, I give like, try this and you'll see. And then people try and they see it works and say, yeah, why, why would I come back to the previous way if it works? Let's just do it this way. So it's more helping them like, um, increase the impact they have on others and be able to turn negative, solutions, negative situations into positive and this kind of stuff. In your book, did you include that kind of content? Sure, yes, yes, yes. I, uh, it said the, the, the subtitle is Five Secrets to Triple Your Team's Productivity and Enthusiasm Why creating happiness at work. So the idea is really these five points, but then implementation would need probably more help. But then people, if they 
follow the book, they know they will, they won't make like the common mistakes people do in leadership. How does your content change with what everyone is predicting is going to happen to the workforce with people remaining working at home as opposed to returning to office buildings? At least there are sections of the world where that's going to happen. Are the dynamics going to be shifting? And if so, does that influence what you put in the book or does it make you want to write another book? <laughs> I have I have three books in my head I want to write. Uh, the, the fact people are locked down is probably putting the emphasis on what's tough to handle, but relationship, like team relationship, they will still uh, be the same because it's does it's not in a room but it will be on the phone and that was already included in the book because I, when I worked for Arthur Anderson we were a team of 15 people worldwide and I was in charge of Europe uh, to implement uh, some strategy of the firm and we were working on on the phone all the time so I think it's communication is like your in the US, I'm in New Zealand, communication is still there. So it's not very different. The basics are the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's how you interact on the phone or on Zoom or other types of platforms. Yes, and now how you handle the difficulties because there will always be difficulties. For instance, uh, for instance, if someone makes a mistake, how do you handle the mistakes? How do you don't push people to justify themselves? Because it doesn't make sense. Why do managers push people to justify? Why were you late? Who cares? We don't care about why the person was late. We want to know how, what does she do so that she's not late anymore, for instance. That's not the best example for someone staying at home. But still, this, this is the idea that we want to help people because if they don't do it, it's because they don't know. It's not that they don't want to do it. It's just they didn't know how important it was. And mm. when you push someone to just justify themselves, you cannot uh, rely on someone who's justifying themselves all the time. Let me switch the focus to when you were writing your book. Did you sit down and write every day? Did you write on weekends? Did you write occasionally like how did you accomplish the process of putting the book together yeah ah, very good point i'm not sure i'd be the right the best example the crazy thing is that english is not my uh, native language and instead of writing it in french and then translating it in, into english i wrote it in english which i think made it harder and then i had <clears throat> i had it proofread preferred by a professional because uh, I, even if I ch double check everything on the internet, I wanted to make sure it was, it was flowing from someone uh, from the US or England or New Zealand or Australia. And um, I use a very, I mean, I didn't do it online. So, yes, part, part of it, I um, was using the uh, dictation of the computer, but I was mm -hmm. using like a card, a cardboard, with post-its, post-it notes. And my post-it notes make like the main ideas, the, the, the stories I wanted to tell, the outline. And I was moving my stickers all around my cardboard until I liked it. So it took me a few weeks. 
and then I was using the dictation to write to dictate the stories to the computer. It's funny you use that example because I'm working with a man in Portugal as a ghostwriter for his book, and he has his computer has uh, it sits on his desk, and we recorded a chapter last week, and he tilted the camera to show me, and he had rows and rows and rows of post-it notes. And he started over here, and by the time we were done, I could follow the progress of our work because as he was sharing the content with me, he ended up with his eyes over on the right-hand side, and I knew that we were finished when his head was tilting that way. Um, and it wow. really helped us use the time efficiently because he did exactly what you're talking about, of taking his main points and then following the pattern. Wow, that's very interesting. Actually, I used to do that when I was building trainings like a long time ago when I had a training to, to build for uh, managers or sales training or communication or um, leadership skills training. I would use the post-it notes and I, as slides, like my slides, each post-it post note was a slide and uh, that was the way. And so I kept using this method and I thought it was quite, and I still have my, card, my board with all the post-it notes. I love that system because it's so flexible. You can adjust the order of the, your points just by moving the post-it note. Exactly. And the other wonderful thing for me is that I can put my uh, cardboard on the terrace and I can move around with my, and sometimes I feel working on the terrace or inside and I can move my, my board all over the place. So I think it's nice too. I could even take it in my car and because not that big, it's like... Oh, this size. Mm -hmm. And it's very visual because then you can move the ideas and sometimes you, you feel that it flows better. You put a point before the other one and it's, yep. uh, it helps, uh, it helps um, structure the mind. Now you said you could do it in the car. Were you dictating on a computer or were you dictating into a phone? No, I mean, uh, excuse me. I mean, I could bring it into my car and go to, for instance, in a restaurant or in a terrace outside and uh, still, uh, it's ah. like, I, I, I would move my office. No, I was using my Mac to, to record. I just discovered within the last couple of months, a little icon on my PC, which I never paid any attention to, but you can do voice recording right in Microsoft Word. Yes, I use it a lot because I do when I do social audits, I have a very um, specific method I, I um, built to make sure that people can uh, express themselves and it's um, we respect confidentiality and it's anonymous and everything. And I have all these testimonials. And so I just read them and I use the voice recorder and it's a lot. I, I save so much time instead of someone typing them because sometimes the handwritten the handwriting is not very easy to read. Mm -hmm. And so it, it helps a lot. It's a wonderful tool, yeah. You finished your book. The post-it notes got thrown in the garbage. The book is done. Now, how did you get it published? Yeah, I used, um, I used the self-publishing tools of uh, Amazon. 
Mm -hmm. And um, that's the choice I made. I spent, uh, I think, a whole night because I, I was. It was due the next day. I use I use pre-published, so I was sure because I love deadlines. And I think it's it's somewhere in the book that deadlines are important. I don't know about everybody, but for me, deadlines are my, be are my, are my best friends. So that that there was a dead. I had I pre-published, so I knew it was due. I don't remember like April 17 or something. And I had to go through all the complex stuff in Amazon. I think it's not that easy. It took me a whole night. I thought I would finish by midnight or something. And then I think I finished at 5 a.m. And I had a training at 9 a.m. I was um, coaching at 9 a.m. So it's been a um, memorable time. And <laughs> then I got some help. <laughs> And then I got some help to bring it like to bestseller status. Like we worked as a group and each, each of us promoted uh, the other books. And so we, it, it reached to the bestseller status. That is very nice. Was this a writing group that you were part of or, or what type of group? Helped you no, with it that. was really a Facebook group, and it was uh, just for the publishing part. So we didn't. Uh, yeah, some people posted their the book cover, things like that, but not. We didn't discuss the content at all. It was more more um, about publishing. Uh, try to be efficient for the publishing part, which can be tricky sometimes for mm -hmm. non uh, non experts. And how long ago did your book come out? Um, two years ago. So what has happened since? Tell the listener about how that book has affected your business. I, it's been very good because it's, uh, it's um, silly. Well, I don't know if it's silly, but uh, it's interesting to see that the people are very sensitive to that. Even if there are a lot of people publishing their book, uh, if the book is really relevant to what she do, to what we do, if it's uh, if it's if we write it with our heart, because I really put in the book everything I wanted to, to be condensed and it's a, a fast read. Anybody who wants to do um, to be good at managing people, and uh, so I use it. Um, when I meet a new client or when I talk to a new client, I can put the cover of the book or the, the, the information on the book and uh, say, well, I can offer the book to the people and uh, sign the book. And uh, I think it's been a good, a good uh, help. Now, you said you had three more books in your head. Are they all related to your business or do you have different types of books in your head? Yeah, something is very, very different because I'm interested in, um, I'm very concerned about health and uh, boosting our immune system and uh, eating healthy. And uh, and my two children, they're both tall and slim and uh, healthy. So I thought I could write a book about um, feeding healthy kid. I don't remember the title I came up with, but I wrote it somewhere, uh, feeding feeding the, like, the right way to cook for the kids so that they are healthy and uh, in, good health, in, in good shape and, um, and they grow uh, nicely. 
And the other way would be the Frenchy way, because we sometimes say that the French food, people eat like good food and they don't, they don't put on away sometimes. So I have all these recipes because my daughter who's 15, she's passionate about um, cooking. And so I'm thinking of writing a book with her, with the, all the recipes we have uh, to be healthy, get slim, the Frenchy way. Mm. And then I have, other, I have another book where I would use uh, everything I know in business to help people, to help people with their children uh, who are bullied, like uh, how you handle bullying. So it's, it has to do with communication skills. And I have another one uh, about like going further in the communication skills at work. It sounds like four books to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and all on diverse subjects. Well, yeah, the cooking part is a different subject, but still, I think mind and body go together. If we want to mm -hmm. be a good leader, finally, we bring this up because the, the store I was telling you about earlier, the, the manager who had a hard time with his people, and then it was a pleasure to work with him. I felt he, was, he had a food issue because he was like quite aggressive and I gave him some uh, advice, some piece of advice of how he sh could change some things in his, the way he was eating. And I don't know if it helped, but I think it has to do like the people who are very aggressive or um, that food can, can help in the way we, we behave. And then the bully, part is it has to do with communication how we come across and how we handle difficulties and how we handle people mm-hmm mm -hmm. i'm thinking about how our diet has changed over the years because my husband was diagnosed with colon cancer about 25 years ago and we became almost totally vegetarian and I remember when our, one of our sons was living at home at the time, and he said, Mom, you're not cooking meat anymore. When are we going to get meat again? And it took him a while, but he now, both of my sons are pure vegetarian, and it, it is a much healthier way to eat. Of course, in the U.S. right now, there's all kinds of headlines about the workers and the meat plants who are infected with covid and the chickens that are crowded together and at risk for spreading avian flu to each other. I'm glad that we're not dependent upon meat at this point. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And even if people don't really become vegetarian, um, eating less meat, actually, that was part of what I told the, that, uh, that man, it's because he was eating too much meat. And I felt it had something, it was, it was, it had an effect on his behavior. So uh, people don't really need to become vegetarian, but eating less meat for sure, uh, we have to be careful with that. Mm -hmm. Well, how can our listener find out more about you and about your book and get a copy of your book? Um, the link is on the website. The website is mylisgatimel.com. And the book is on Amazon, but uh, the, the easiest way is to go on the web, to the website and um, use the link on the website. 
All right. And I will spell your name. It's M-A-I-L-Y-S, your first name. And Gatimel is G-A-T-I-M-E-L. MyLeesGatimel.com, M-A-I-L-Y-S-G-A-T-I-M-E-L.com. That's for our listener who is on the audio. If you're watching this podcast on YouTube, I'll be putting the link to her website below our pictures. Uh, anything else that you would like to advise people about writing a book before we close off? Mm, thank you. Um, writing a book, I think we have, we have to start. Just the start and uh, proofreading is a very... It's a, having someone proofread the book is a good way to feel secure because then we know we, we have feedback and see if it flows or not and putting our heart in it uh, if we are right with our heart I think we cannot, cannot miss the point yes yes that's true but we do and share probably so much also it, it's uh, it may, it's obvious but this time it's better to say it, writing about something we really know about because uh, some books we see some books and the the content and it's terrible because people don't always talk about the master. Mastering our topic is essential, of course. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you, and I appreciate you who is listening to the show or watching it on the YouTube channel for Pat Iyer. Thank you so much for investing your time with us, and I hope that what you've heard today is inspiring and gives you a different perspective. For sure, the next time you look at a post-it note, you may be thinking about our method that we described tonight in terms of laying out the content for the book. And as you heard, Mylise has more books in her, so be sure to pay attention to her name and stay in touch with her on her website if you'd like to know more about her and the services that she offers. Thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for writers at writingtogetbusiness.com. That is W-R-I-T-I-N-G-T-O-G-E-T-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S dot com. Coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs work with Pat so they can get more business by writing and sharing their expertise. Check out Pat's resources on writingtogetbusiness.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>